Welcome to Perimenopology, where we explore and converse about what it means to transition out of the young, hot, fertile, and fuckable box that our society labels as most worthy when you were socialized as a woman. Around here, we are all about body literacy and talking about the topics that society tells us are unimportant or inappropriate. I'm Michelle Kapler, reproductive acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner, and master feminist confidence coach, and you've got episode number six. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Perimenopology. Before I get into today's episode, I want to make a quick announcement. This episode is brought to you by my Perimenopause Body Image Confidence Starter Pack. If you've been loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to dive deeper into this work, this is a great way to get started. It's a little collection of tools that I've created that you can start applying today to help you feel more confident when it comes to your body as you navigate this transition. It's free and it's available right now. Just head to the show notes or to michellecapler.com forward slash starter to get instant access today. So as you may have guessed, today's episode is all about sleep. This episode is near and dear to my heart for a number of reasons. The first one being that insomnia is the second most common reason for clinical patients to seek care for me during their perimenopausal transition. And just for your information purposes, the first one is hot flushes. And also, as I've talked about in the podcast before, I have personally dealt with sleep issues in varying degrees for quite a few years now. I know a lot about sleep. I've read all the books, all the research. I've tried all the things. I've been to sleep clinics. I've seen many sleep specialists, both conventional doctors and allied health professionals. And I've ruled out a lot of primary medical causes for my insomnia. And for a while, I had it pretty much figured out. With some lifestyle adjustments and sleep hygiene, which we can get into talking about later, and some supplements and some medications, if I was going through a particularly tough patch with my sleep, I had it pretty well managed. With the exception of circumstantial reasons for poor sleep, like traveling or having a particularly stressful day, I had sleep largely figured out and was reliably sleeping through the night and feeling pretty rested during the day. And then about a year ago, I began to notice that as soon as I hit my luteal phase in my cycle, and just to clarify, that is the phase after ovulation, but before menstruation begins, at this period, my sleep would just take a nosedive and completely go out the window. It was this nightmare situation where even if I did everything perfectly in terms of sleep hygiene and maintaining a good schedule, even if I consumed zero caffeine, even if I took all of my supplements that used to reliably help me sleep, I was still up every night for a few hours in the middle of the night. And I wasn't stressed or anxious. Nothing was wrong. I was just awake. It was very interesting to observe that it was only happening in my luteal phase, which is when progesterone is supposed to be significantly increasing. And it was also accompanied by other signs of progesterone deficiency, such as I would get a lot of spotting before my periods. So to me, it actually seemed pretty obvious that it was related to hormone fluctuations. Now I'm into the world of looking at hormone therapeutic solutions and CBT, which I'll talk about more later in the episode. And yes, like every other chronic health thing, it's a work in progress. So I'm also working on acceptance and allowing and more on that later too. 
But first, I want to throw in a few sleep and perimenopause statistics for you because why not? And I'm a nerd like that. So the first one that I think is kind of interesting is that between 40 to 60% of folks navigating perimenopause report having difficulties with sleep. That's a huge number. Up to 60% of people who are experiencing this transition have sleep issues and nobody talks about it. That blows my mind. Second, sleep difficulties tend to increase over the perimenopausal transition and then kind of peak at the later stage perimenopause and then gradually decrease about a year after menopause has occurred. So the period stops and then a year later, apparently most people sleep go back to normal. And it's kind of fascinating to me that it's such a common experience for perimenopausal folks and yet nobody talks about it. It completely blindsided me when it happened to me. And I have a lot of knowledge about hormones. So interesting. Many care providers don't even make this connection. My experience was that I was referred to all sorts of sleep specialists and other providers before I clued in and suggested to my nurse practitioner that maybe we could do some basic hormonal blood work to see what was up. There are different kinds of insomnia and sleep problems, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about now. In perimenopause, the most common one is difficulty staying asleep. This is like my experience of waking in the middle of the night and then being up for a few hours and then eventually falling back to sleep. That is the most common kind of sleep difficulties in perimenopause. There's also the kind of insomnia where you have trouble falling asleep initially, and once you're asleep, you're okay for the rest of the night, which is a little bit less common in perimenopause. And then there's a version where you simply wake up earlier in the morning than you would like to. And then there's also a combination of all of these things happening together, which is so much fun. And then there's also insomnia where you aren't actually experiencing wakefulness at sleep onset or through the night, but you simply feel kind of crappy and low energy and not well rested. And all other causes of this have been ruled out. And just to throw a few more interesting tidbits your way, sleep is important from a psychological and quality of life perspective, but there are also increased risk factors for other diseases at play as well. Chronic poor quality sleep has been linked to increased risk for heart disease and later development of dementia, as well as other health issues, just to name a few things. So what is the connection between insomnia and perimenopause? What actually causes a person's sleep to be disturbed during this time? So there are a couple of possible links that I want to highlight in today's episode. The first one and probably most obvious is the hormonal connection. There are areas of the brain that are important for circadian rhythm and sleep regulation that are affected by progesterone and estrogen changes and imbalances, which obviously happen in perimenopause. And then there's also the role that progesterone specifically plays with the mild sedative effect that it has, which appears to contribute to sleep onset, sustenance, and quality. So it's common to experience lower levels of progesterone in perimenopause, which for some folks means that they just don't sleep as well because they don't get that delicious sedative quality from the progesterone levels that they're used to having. There are also vasomotor symptoms to consider. If somebody is experiencing hot flushes in the night or night sweats, this rapid and vast change in body temperature can significantly disrupt sleep, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out why. And then finally, there are also conditions that might not be directly related to perimenopause, but people of this age just tend to be at higher risk for these conditions, their first one being depression and the second one being sleep apnea. These issues are not directly related to hormone changes in perimenopause, but they tend to happen more commonly when a person just simply reaches that age. So what are our options for addressing insomnia in perimenopause? There are actually quite a few to choose from, and I'm going to go over some of the most common ones here. 
but I want to give my usual reminder before I get into it that there's no hierarchy of treatment intervention sources or type. One option isn't more legitimate than the other. People come to the table with all sorts of reasons for seeking treatment and have varying levels of accessibility and desire when it comes to the different options. It usually comes down to trying a bunch of different options and seeing what works best for you. And just to say, in my clinical experience, it's often a combination of a few approaches that tends to get the best results for the majority of people. And finally, there's no one solution that will universally work for everybody. So seeking individualized treatment advice from a qualified healthcare provider is always recommended as opposed to getting your info from an internet article or comparing yourself to others in your life and making decisions that way. So now that that's out of the way, here are a few of the most common options for addressing sleep difficulties in perimenopause. The first one being CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. That is working with the role that your thoughts and your brain play into how you're relating to your sleep. And around here, we are all about talking about how our brains and our thoughts play a role in our health outcomes. So I'm a huge fan of this approach. Because even if your insomnia is physiological in nature, our brains have a powerful ability to influence how we relate to our sleep and how it can worsen or improve. We're seeing more and more research to support the use of CBT in cases of sleep difficulties. Many of the studies are finding that CBT is actually more effective than sleeping pills And unlike sleeping pills or other pharmaceutical sedatives, there's very little risk of relapse and no risk of building tolerance, which is huge. To connect with a psychologist or psychotherapist who can help you with this, you want to ask your doctor for a referral to a mental health professional who specializes in CBT for insomnia. If you want to learn more deeply about CBT and insomnia, I highly recommend checking out the work they're doing at the Sleep and Depression Lab at Ryerson University here in Toronto, Canada. They have published some incredible research that I have found to provide me with a few insights and a deeper understanding of my personal sleep. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can click and just find it easily. So the second option that I want to talk about today is a bit of an umbrella, and that is directly looking to impact the hormone levels in your body. And there are a wide variety of approaches to this that can be achieved by consulting different types of providers. There are pharmaceutical solutions where people can take medications to have an impact on hormone levels. And this is something that you'll consult with your family doctor, gynecologist, or endocrinologist to determine the right solution for you. There's also the option of exploring bioidentical hormone options, and for this, you would consult a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor. And lastly, there are also herbal and nutritional supplements that some folks do find helpful. The work that I do with my patients using Chinese herbal formulas would fall under this category. And of course, please be sure to work with a licensed and qualified provider to determine if a herb or supplement protocol that's appropriate for you and your unique and individual body. What works for one person might not work for another, so getting an individual assessment is important. And in terms of different treatment options, I want to mention one more thing, which is that you'll also want to rule out non-perimenopause related issues that may have coincidentally happened at the same time as your perimenopausal onset. The two most common issues that would fall under this heading are sleep apnea and depression. If you try lifestyle or hormone or CBT-based options and they aren't working for you, it might be useful to rule out these other conditions as potential contributors to your sleep difficulties. And lastly, before I close out this episode, I want to offer you a few of my thoughts and a question that you might find helpful as you're navigating this. And that is, my thought is that this is a marathon and not a sprint. Bodies are weird and wonderful to begin with. 
and medicine involving female hormones has not historically been a well-invested and bankrolled subject in research. So there's still so much that science and medicine don't know and continue to unpack. And this might mean that it will take time for you to unpack your unique and individual case. So If you know that this issue might take a while to untangle, if it was going to take some time before you were able to find some relief or a full solution, what would you need to put in place to make this manageable? Would it be giving yourself permission to rest when you need it? Would it be asking for and accepting help in certain areas of your life? Would it be seeking information and advocating for yourself with your loved ones or your medical providers? Would it be simply to stop telling yourself that you're broken and you're doing it wrong when you're up in the middle of the night? (laughs) Maybe you can tell that that was a common one for me. And lastly, if this issue didn't mean that there was something wrong with you, but that you were experiencing a normal transition in human physiology, how would you get to think about navigating this part of your life? I want to hear from you. Come over and find me on Instagram. I'm at Michelle Kapler and tell me how it's going for you. I want to hear answers to these questions. That's going to be it for me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. If you are loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take this work to a deeper level, let's work together. If you are a resident of Ontario, Canada, we can work together in a clinical setting, both virtually or in person. Or if you want help managing your mind around the perimenopausal transition and supercharging your confidence, I can help you anywhere in the world. To learn more about your options for working with me, head to michellecavalier.com and click on work with me on the overhead menu. I can't wait to talk with you.